Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Thursday, May the 6th, 2021. My name is Stephen Cornegay, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, deep six which means to get rid of, discard, or eliminate. Deep six. Hope everyone is enjoying their Thursday thus far, or will enjoy their Thursday. For me, that's just a regular old work day, you might say, as it is for many of us out there. Um, Today is National Nurses Day. So uh, most definitely, they need the recognition and more, and then some. After the year they have experienced, thank you. And that's coming from me. I don't know about anybody, any and everyone else, but thank you. Thank you for your countless sacrifices and your dedication to your work. The long hours, the mental strain, the physical strain. I, I would say it's more mental, I would think. Uh, but then again, I'm not a nurse, so I don't know. I, I would imagine after a year of this, it's more of a mental, mental, mental drain. I mean, I can't even imagine the things they had to endure and experience and see. Don't want to. You know, certain jobs aren't meant for everyone. And, and I, I, I have to say that one's not meant for me, really. So if you know a nurse or you see a nurse, and, and that's any nurse, or whatever, however high ranking or, or low ranking they are, say thank you. Just a hearty thank you. Well... Like I said to uh, today's Thursday, hmm. work week's almost over. That's a plus. And it looks like the Durham City Council is going to vote today whether to uh, stop or continue the uh, outside dining experience along the sidewalks or streets. You know, they, they section off part of the street and allow for uh, the restaurants to uh, have tables set up with chairs of course just for diners to sit and eat all this is due to COVID you know uh, and to help those restaurants that are struggling because as we all know yeah some of the mandates are being lifted now but that that struggle still continues it really does it just does that that struggle still continues COVID it was and is that life altering event like I always say it shook everything up and the restaurant industry most definitely bared the brunt of it so I, I, I say chances are Durham will continue to allow it I, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't I mean even though the COVID numbers are down vaccinations are, are up somewhat I still they, they still need help they're going to need help they're going to need help for a while might even be years to recover from this and you know one of the things that came out with the um, I spoke on the vaccinations one of the things that came out with the vaccinations that I really haven't uh, touched on is um, what they're finding is that a lot of people that are, are taking the two shot vaccinations have only taken one and haven't come back for the second dose now I can't tell you what to do or what or what not to do, but if you got that first dose, you know, that second dose is going to help. That first dose dose may... I, 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 you need both doses, simple and plain. I don't know 
what the reasoning is for many that they said they're finding a lot that haven't come back for that second dose. I don't know what the reasoning is behind that. Hey, that Johnson and Johnson may have scared uh, or scared a lot of people off, understandably. But you know, Johnson and Johnson is back. Uh, they they put it back out and and said that it's okay, it's safe. But if I could say anything, if you got the first dose, just go get the second dose. I, I, I mean, like I said, I can't tell you what or or what to do or what not to do but you know hey we we certainly need people vaccinated you just do don't want another uh, rise in the numbers we don't need another round of COVID like India what India is experiencing right now and that that story there that's heartbreaking that it just is it just is well Moving along to some lighter news, I guess if you can call it lighter. Looks like Bill and Melinda Gates are getting a divorce. Wow. I believe after 20 some odd years or maybe close to 30 years of marriage, they're splitting. They're calling it quits. Man, all that money. All that money. I wonder how they're going to divide that up. And there's still no word, of course, that, you know, the, I guess the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, that, that philanthropy program that they have, or organization they have, um, no word on, uh, on who or, or what's going to happen to it, but a story did come out, and I'm not sure if it's, uh, just a rumor, but I heard this story the other day, and I was like, wow, apparently there is another woman or has been another woman pretty much ever since they were married even I don't know how that works I just don't well here's the, the, the story or rumor or gossip or whatever however you call it apparently old uh, Billy Boy had an ex-girlfriend and didn't want to let her go and what's even more surprising about it uh, his wife knew about it and accepted it or agreed to it so they got married he had his ex-girlfriend she uh, somehow or another he would spend time with her once a year or however many times during the year at this beach cottage here in, here in North Carolina of all places he had, had a beach cottage here with his old girlfriend or side piece I don't I don't I mean, she can't be a side piece it, it was his old girlfriend and his wife knew about it I guess <laughs> money, 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 money. I mean, hey, I've always heard and people have always said if you got money, you could get away with pretty much anything and you could do anything. And if this story is true, wow. Uh, money, I guess. I, 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 I don't know. I'm not, I don't think that's the reason. I mean, how could that be the reason? Well, unless you got tired, how could that be the reason for the divorce? Divorce, I'm sorry. How can that be the reason for the divorce she knew about the lady? Hmm. Well, you know the old expression, money talks and you know what walks. <laughs> uh, I guess, sorry to hear that about the divorce. Y'all are so rich anyway. Jeez, I guess when you are rich, you can do what you want to. Man, oh man. Okay. 
Yeah, let's move along here. Um, local blues and internationally known blues legend John D. Holman passed Friday at the age of 92 of a heart attack here in North Carolina, in Roxboro, North Carolina, I believe, to be exact. Now he, he's he's been credited with as one of the greats of the that Piedmont blues sound. He was born and raised here in North Carolina Hillsboro on April 4th, 1929. Now, he would, which if you've never heard, uh, I, I know a lot of people, you, you hear blues, and but if you never heard uh, Mr. Holman, it is a distinct sound. It, 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 it's a sound all his own. Now, of course, he, you know, the, the, blues legends or blues musicians that were coming along with him of course you know he, he would get his influence from them but how he started is uh, I mean he's a blues musician so it's, it, it is typical how he started playing the, the guitar because he was a guitar they say he was a guitar, uh, uh, guitar musician or, or player and he was a dancer and I believe he played the harmonica I don't, I don't know but he would sharpen or learn his skills while um, tending to the fires of the old tobacco barns during those long nights. I guess they, that's how you, I guess that was a process of curing the tobacco. I don't know too much about that. Uh, I can remember one summer, <laughs> my mother, you know, because she was a farm girl, she was a sharecropper, and she moved to the big city after she graduated high school so I remember one summer you know my other cousins that were still staying in in Johnston County or what have you every summer that's how they made their school money they call it school money getting money for school clothes they would go and and what they called would pick or barn tobacco so my mother said one year hey you're going to oh boy no I well I never went I said no 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 Actually, what I did when she said that, I thought to myself, I'm not going out there in that heat. There's no way I'm going out there in that heat. So I went and got a job. <laughs> I went and got me a job real quick, fast, and in a hurry to get me some school clothes money. So this is how, that's how he would um, he would sharpen his skills. He, he, you know, sitting out by the fires or whatever, tending to that tobacco on those long Nights, he was playing the guitar. Now, he relocated to Durham in 1954, playing at house parties, juke joints, or what we call liquor houses. And that is what Durham is, uh, one of the things Durham is known for, is history, is its blues. It, you know, every year they have a blues festival here, and that's where I saw him play live and direct. Several years ago, by the way. He was a, a frequent uh, guest and entertainer at the what is known as the Eno River Blues Festival. I believe that's what it's called here in Durham. So I got a chance to hear him one year. And I also got a chance to hear him at the Blues Festival. So I, 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 I was a, a two-shot wonder. And like I said, if you ever heard his style, not on record or CD, but live and direct, Wow blew your mind his style was his own it was it was there was no others everybody has their own distinct sound and style and he had it now he, he lived most of his life life here in Durham 
while traveling the globe. In fact, in 1976, and this I didn't know, in 1976, there was a gentleman that was uh, a lot of times uh, professors or historians would go to the blues musicians and, you know, they would try to record their history, but, the you know, the history of the blues is so sporadic. The early blues is so, it, it's pretty much non-existent because those guys, they traveled, you know, they traveled from uh, farm to farm, wherever they could get a groove and get paid. Or a lot of times while they were, you know, playing, they were working during the day in those fields, sharecropping. So, but this this particular gentleman, he caught up with him, and he, he finally was able to sit down and record some of his history and learn something about him. But it, in the mix of that, in 1976, he caught the attention of the U.S. State Department, which afforded him the right to tour across the globe as part of his uh, arts initiative. So, man, 92 years old, and he's uh, he he was a uh, his music is is. Legendary. Check it out if you don't believe me. John Lee Holman, one of the greats, one of the greats. Certainly a great year, a great life, and a stellar career. Literally came from nothing, fought through and persevered, and he will be remembered and missed. From what I hear, they say he was a very humble man, even through all the accolades and praises. He still remained humbled and down to earth, which is a rare quality in these days. Will be missed, will be missed. Okay, let's move on to another story here. Um, Wow. (laughs) Just wow. Now, we all remember the tragic and confusing, confusing death of uh, accountant, Botham, Botham, or Botham, I hope I'm saying that right, Botham Gene in Dallas, Texas in 2018. Now, for those who don't remember who he was, he was the gentleman that was uh, uh, shot by police in his own apartment. Yeah, that's right. Now, Mr. Gene, while sitting in his own apartment, watching TV, eating ice cream after a long day of work as an accountant, was gunned down by former Dallas police officer Amber Geiger who claimed she mistakenly shot him because she thought he was a burglar. Now, if you're saying to yourself, why, what in the world? Yeah, that's that's, that's it. That's, yeah, I said what I said. Now, here's her, her, her explanation and it's in court records because she says after she worked a long shift she mistakenly entered his apartment. She, she returned home from work after working a long shift. She saw, she, she thought she was going into her apartment and the door was ajar. So when she came in, I guess she saw Mr. Jean sitting on the couch or maybe she even, hey, startled him also. So she ended up shooting him thinking he was a burglar and not only thinking he was a burglar, but thought she was in her own apartment. Now her own, her, her apartment, by the way, is, was a floor below, directly below Mr. Jean's apartment. <laughs> it was, it, it was, they were on to, two totally different levels of the complex. 
Now, how this, uh, how she's coming back in the news, apparently she and her attorneys want the conviction of 10 years. She received 10 years for the murder. They want the conviction for murder either acquitted, they want her acquitted of all charges, or reduced to a lesser charge of criminally negligent homicide, which carries a lesser sentence. Her lawyers argue that Geiger's mistaking Jean's apartment as her own was reasonable, and therefore so too was the shooting. Hmm. It's mighty ambitious, I think. It's ambitious. I mean, you're a lawyer. Like I always say, you're a lawyer. You're going to get your client, try to get your client off at any and all costs, no matter how idiotic it sounds. That does sound pretty idiotic to me. But moving on. They continue to say she just didn't have evil intent. However, a Dallas prosecutor countered saying her error was not reasonable and that she acknowledged intending to kill him. Hmm. Okay. Now, uh, Jean's mother, Allison Jean, gave an interview with the Dallas Morning News, of course, saying that the, the appeal has delayed her family's healing. She goes on to say everyone she understands completely everyone deserves an appeal or a right to one but her son can't use any more of his rights because she took that away now I'm quoting here she goes she continues on to say so having gotten 10 years only 10 years for killing someone who was in the prime of his life at the time. I believe he was 28 or around 28, maybe 26, 28 years old. He was in the prime of his life and doing so, doing no wrong in the comfort of his home, his own home. I believe that she ought to accept, take accountability for it and move on. She says, "Now Geiger will be eligible for parole in 2024." Miss um, Jean is is is, in my opinion, correct. Take accountability for what you did. Serve the time. Move on. You kill someone by mistake or no mistake. Now. And, you know, at the beginning, I said it was confusing. We, we remember the killing and, and the confusion. I just I always found it confusing. And I always said to myself, man, did they know each other? But, of course, they came out and said, no, they, they didn't know each other. They were they were just neighbors that they just never met or whatever. And they never knew each other. Um, I don't know. And, and I'm, I'm certainly, I can't say I'm second-guessing. But I gotta ask. You say you 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 had a long day at work. You were tired. You were exhausted. And you came home and you found the door to what you thought was your apartment ajar. 
and you went in and saw Mr. Jeans, I guess. They never said if he was sitting on the couch or he stood up or whatever. But whatever the case, he was in his own apartment, sitting uh, sitting down, eating ice cream, watching TV, after he himself had had a long day at work. So, he came home, he went into this guy's apartment, which... By the way, I, I, another thing I got to ask, you walked up an extra flight of stairs and didn't realize that you were walking up an extra flight and then you entered the apartment. You didn't realize at some point upon entrance that that wasn't yours, your apartment. I know some apartments, they do have that that little narrow hallway or, or walkway before it breaks off into the rest of the apartment, you know, the living room, kitchen or what. I don't know how that one was set up, but you didn't realize when you walked in uh, if not immediately at sometime shortly thereafter hey this ain't my place so you walked up an extra flight of stairs walked into walked into an apartment that wasn't yours and killed a man and you saying now your lawyers and yourself are saying hey it was a mistake it wasn't intentional and it, it, it was just a reasonable mistake to enter into what you thought was your own apartment and kill someone. That's a reasonable mistake. That's a mistake. A mistake to me is when you step on someone's shoes or you knock something over or you bump into someone. That's a mistake. But to actually stand there, pull out your weapon and fire. That's not a mistake. That is, that's an intentional act. I don't know what how the law words it or how the law puts it but that's an intentional act to me that's not stepping on someone's shoes that's not knocking something over or bumping into someone you stood there pulled out your your revolver or a weapon however you say it and shot the man in his own place he walked up an extra flight of stairs went in the wrong apartment and just shot him and all you can say is it wasn't intentional it was a reasonable mistake reasonable mistake I guess I guess it's I guess in your mind it is it's a reasonable mistake oops sorry another case of mistaken identity I guess but I'm with the mother on this Uh, you only got 10 years for murder all you got was 10 years for murder? Can't pull it 10 years? You're not hardened like that, huh? Can't do that 10 years, can you? <laughs> wah. Wah, freaking wah. Stop whining. Take responsibility for it. And pull the 10 and get out and continue on with your life. That's a blessing. I look at it as a blessing. You only got 10 years for killing someone? Innocently killing someone because that he was innocent, right? I think he didn't really dig into his background that much, maybe because he didn't have anything on it. I mean, he sung in a, in a choir, active church member, was an accountant for all intents and purposes. He was doing what he was supposed to do in life, doing the right thing. And along comes you with your weary, sleepy eyes mistakenly you enter the wrong apartment after walking an extra flight of stairs and you see the door is ajar 
and you walk in, oh, someone's in my apartment, so you pull your gun out and shoot. And now you're whining and complaining because you got 10 years. You Either you wanted acquitted or reduced to a lesser charge. Wow, really? Lady, do the time and shut up. You got off easy. Yeah, I said that. You got off easy. All you got was 10 years. 10 years for murder. I know people that do have done 10 years for less. And you're complaining. <laughs> saying you, 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 you can't do that 10 years. Really? You can't do the 10 years? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I, I don't think... Uh, from what I read in that article, sounds like those uh, judges on the appeal appeals court, they ain't buying it either. They're just not. And it's not because of everything that's going on with, you know, police shootings and police misconduct and police obsessive force. I don't think it's got anything to do with that, why they're not buying it. I think they're like the common consensus amongst amongst everyone all you got was 10 years. Jeez, do it and shut up. You got off easy. You killed an innocent man in his own home, own apartment. And all you got was 10 years. Do the time and shut up. Now, yeah, I said that. Let's, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Gotta stop getting. I know that sounds heartless, but I don't care. That's not that's not even a, a plausible excuse to me. I mean, you're, you're saying it, it it was a reasonable mistake. What the hell is a reasonable mistake anyway? That's what I want to know. D- define that for me. I swear, I, I don't know what a reasonable mistake is. It, it, it sounds like something you just make up at the spur of the moment to get your client off because that's what you're trying to do you either want to acquit it or reduce to a criminally 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 negligent homicide it serves a lesser term I guess that's that um I don't know how many years that warrants but like I said they're saying she'll be eligible for parole soon I believe it's 2024 to be exact. She'll be eligible for parole. Boy, I hope when she comes up for that parole in 2024, I hope they she doesn't need let make her serve that 10 years. Come on now. How absurd. Why would Okay. Let's move along here. Let's move along. That's enough of that. <laughs> That's enough of that. Now let's move along to some more foolish. News. I gotta stop doing this. I really gotta stop doing this foolish news mess because it's aggravating. It's got to be something bigger and better in the news. But this next one, this next one, just uh, unconscionable and wow. That's a wow moment for me again. Wow. Now, uh, <laughs> House Bill. 626 which was filed last week and what this bill is is about is um, rape kits 
and this is something I didn't know. And I find it, uh, I didn't even, uh, it was just surprising and somewhat despicable to me. Now, House Bill 26 was filed last week, which says a medical facility or medical professional that performs a forensic medical exam, rape kit, shall, shall not bill the victim, the victim's personal insurance, Medicaid, Medicare, or any other collateral source for the examination and or eligible expenses. Now, under this new bill, House Bill 626, hospitals can be fined up to $25,000 for billing rape victims for rape kits. The bill is sponsored by the way is bipartisan by two state representatives and another aspect of the bill another aspect of this uh, billing is uh, it provides more trauma to the victim of course is if the bill is not paid it will eventually end up on their credit report so let me get this straight uh, the doctors or hospital are saying they should have the right to bill or they have been they have been billing the rape victims uh, personal insurance maybe some if they didn't have personal insurance they were even billing Medicaid and Medicare or other collateral sources whatever that is for examination and experience expenses so you were billing rape victims for rape kits and if, if it by some chance they couldn't pay, you put it on their credit report? What in the foolishness? That's the foolishness I'm talking about here. And that's why I say I got to stop doing this foolish mess. It's, 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 uh, it's wearing me out because I just can't believe there's so much foolishness out here for the love of money. This is all about money. I mean, no, no thought, no regards to the victim if you can't pay or you don't have insurance or the medical Medicaid or Medicare won't pay, we'll throw it on your credit report. It'd just be another hospital bill. Wow. Now under current payment arrangements, the hospital receives $800 for each rape kit performed for perform. And they bill it to the state's rape victim assistance program. Now, Doctors say it's not nearly enough to cover the expense. Doctors continue to say they complain a lot goes into performing rape kits and or examinations. I'm sure it does there, docs. I know it's not. I I can imagine. I I know that wouldn't be an easy task. And and what they're saying is $800 isn't enough. Eight hundred dollars they receive for these uh, doing these rape kits. They're saying it's long hours. Nurses spend examining the victim's body for evidence, and they may have to provide medicine to prevent pregnancy or STDs. Now, Senate Bill. There's another Senate Bill that was filed earlier last month, also Senate Bill five sixty one, and it increases the amount from eight hundred dollars to fourteen hundred dollars. So they, they, this bill, if it's passed, they'll get $1,400 and 
providing services for rape kits as opposed to 800. Now, another part of uh, Senate Bill 561, which is sponsored by Democrats, allots 1.1 million to the Rape Victim Assistance Program. That's where I guess that's the program where they actually uh, bill the the uh, the doctors bill the rape kits to. They just have to send in an itemized receipt and they get the bill. So now they're saying, well, we understand your woes and your sorrows and we're going to up it from 800 to 1400. Now, this is odd. <laughs> this is odd. State treasurer got in on this because he wanted he did a, a quick query into uh, state employees. He was saying, hey, uh, you know, hey, some state employees may have been raped. Let me see if they are being, if the state, because you know you're on the state insurance. Uh, let's see, if, hey, if they're billing people privately, let's see if any state employees are getting billed that that have been raped. And the data, and it's, and I mean, I, I, this this state system, just like I I I, I reported several several podcasts ago about the Medicaid fraud and the 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 how the they were billing doctors that were suspended or licenses were revoked and no one could track or understand where the money was or where how the money had been spent. Then there was another podcast I did when I talked about how when COVID broke, how they didn't have money for, you know, uh contact tracers and all this and that. This state system and this is bureaucracy, and, and we all know this, but this state system, this system, wow. Now, this treasurer, the state treasurer, he did, a, like I said, a quick query and to see if they were actually, the state was actually being billed for rape kits uh, from its in, employees. You know, employees may have been raped or whatever. And his findings was it's infrequent, which he found kind of odd. So it left him to the the conclusion one it's infrequent or it's being coded in such a way that we can't see it. Wow. I think it's the latter there, uh, State Treasurer. I'm sorry. I think it's the latter there, Mr. Treasurer. They figured out how to code it so you can't tell what, what, what you're actually paying for. I mean, they already complained and said the eight hundred dollars wasn't enough. Maybe they may, maybe just maybe they they found a way to do it with Medicaid and Medicare also. They switch some codes around. Still got to get your paper, get your bags. Wow. To think that you are a rape been traumatized, violated, completely disrespected. You must stir up the courage to go to the doctor. You must stir up the courage also to talk to the police, telling and reliving that experience. And then, wham! You get a doctor's bill. Or your insurance company, somehow or another, they get it, they may get in touch with you and tell you, hey, you got an insurance bill for such and such. We only pay this. Well, you, you know how insurance works. 
And you dig a little deeper and you find out it's from that rape kit of that terrible event in your life. You went to some people that were supposed to help you, supposed to be understanding and caring, and they still sent you a bill. Or they sent your insurance company a bill. So now your employer knows because I'm quite sure at some point in time during the year, I don't know how this stuff works, but I know uh, uh, that I would suspect suspect that at some point in time during the year or at some point in time whenever uh, insurance companies release reports on what the billings are and what the reasons are to these companies so they can figure out, hey, A, do we keep this insurance company or or B, do we somehow get rid of them because of the costs and then they stumble upon that? Can you imagine if, if, if that comes out? And I mean, you don't want everybody in your business as it is because of what happened. And, and, and now your employer knows what happened to you. Because, yeah, those insurance companies, they do have to release itemized reports or spreads, however you want to see it, say it. They, have to re- they, they do do that to let these companies know, hey, this is the reason for the billings. Either you raise the insurance or you lower it or you keep it the same. So now your employer knows. And if you, by chance, you didn't have insurance or, like I said, you, the copay or whatever, and you don't pay it, second part, it just goes on your credit report. You just throw it on the credit report. Oh well, it's another bill. That's on your credit report. So you gotta you gotta live relive that aspect of it. After everything you've been through. Wow. Then the doctors say, hey, eight hundred dollars isn't enough. The nurses spend long, tedious hours examining the bodies. And, and I'm not knocking the nurses because the nurses aren't the problem. It's these hospitals and doctors that are the problem. Anything to get a buck. Now, I know that's your profession and you're supposed to get paid for it. I get it. I got it. I understand completely. You want to be paid for your work. Understandable. But this. But this. You're billing. You're actually billing victims of rape and you're splitting hairs over the cost and the long tedious hours are you serious yes you are because you did it and you've been doing it so much to the point that the state treasurer stumbled upon upon hey they may be changing the code and actually yeah they are (laughs) they are they are mr treasurer they are yeah you stumbled on that one because they are Wow, man, that's that's unconscionable to me. That you would would actually, ah, oh, man, that's unconscionable. You know, I ain't an old softy, but man, come on, that you're actually billing rape victims. You ain't gonna split hairs on the cost of it. Saying the eight hundred wasn't too much, you need more. So now they come out with another Senate bill to give you fourteen hundred. They raise it by six hundred. What are you going to say? That's not enough. I suppose that's not enough. Well, I mean, it may not be enough. They may be right. It may not be enough. It may never be enough. I mean, is anything is is it anything ever enough? No, it's not. But man, I can't. I just can't. No way. 
Now the state it finds itself in a, a pretty strange spot with this. Because like I said, the other part was they were billing also Medicaid and Medicare. Hmm. I wonder what the state's going to do about that. Outside of this $25,000 fine. These are just bills that are being introduced, by the way. They haven't actually been approved. Outside of that $25,000 fine. Uh, what? I mean, yeah, what else can you do to them besides fine them? But I would think that would go against that oath they take. I just can't see billing rape victims. That's that's a bit too much for me. That ain't crossing the line. That's tearing that line all to shreds. It just is. And and if that nah, you can't do that. Can't bill those people. Come on, man. <laughs> wow, those doctors. They they are like lawyers, aren't they? <laughs> they go get the they go get the money one way or another, hook or crook. <laughs> and this right here sounds like a crook move to me. Sounds like an old swindler. <laughs> wow. I'm not laughing, but man, that, that when I when I read that article, I thought to myself, what in the world? How immoral and where are your scruples, man? You would actually build rape victims for a kid? I mean, it's ain't it's not like they had any control over the matter but you bill them anyway I'll keep you guys updated on this this is this is that foolishness I was talking about man well that's all for me today and I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning continue to like support share Offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. I won't bite. Not physically anyway. Not even verbally. I won't bite. I love I love to have a little debate. There's nothing wrong with that. So offer feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Verbal, and WordPress. This is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.